Hey! Hey everyone! Welcome to the Boss Life Balance Podcast. Bringing health to your hustle. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kelsey. We know you've got a million things on your to-do list today. So let's dive right in. Try to act natural. (laughs) (laughs) So, I have a story. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) No, but like, you know how when you clean, like things just look way worse before they look better? Oh yeah. I just have shit everywhere. (laughs) I have just my whole, like, I was like, oh, I'll clean off my desk. I have like two desks. And so now everything's on the coffee table. (laughs) Let me just, but yeah, like on my desk, like the whole back of it was just filled with business cards and I didn't feel like organizing them. So I just threw them all in recycling and I feel a lot better about it. (laughs) (laughs) Business cards are such a waste of money. Um, in my opinion. They kind of are. It's like you get them, you order them. Like I go to, I order them through Moo because they're nice and fancy and of course like more expensive. And then I get them, I'm like, look at how fancy and nice they look. And I'm like, somebody else just threw away probably five of my business cards. (laughs) Like people just throw them away. And so it's, well, I do anyway. Some people organize them, but um, I know there's something where you can just like scan it in and put it with someone's contact information in your phone, but I just am going to say. Yeah, I had an app for that at one point. Yeah. As of today, we're just starting today. Just more work. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, and also too, like a business card, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, like a business card, you're just like, here's my card. Like now you're relying on your potential client to get a hold of you right? Like business cards or like flyers or whatever are great if you're just putting like shit out at like industries where they'll put your pamphlet out or put your poster up or whatever. But me giving you my business card and saying like, yeah, give me a call about meditation. Yeah. Completely puts me in the backseat of like our client interaction. Whereas if I get your info, I can be the one that's like, okay, I'm going to email you tomorrow and be in control of, of, getting the ball rolling and taking that next step and the follow-up. Like you just rely too much on a potential client to actually follow through with something that they want. And most of the time they won't. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> no, you're right. I agree with all of that. <laughs> I think the only time I ever use my business cards are when I go to those like networking lunches. Sorry. I just like threw up in my mouth a little bit because I, I don't like going. <laughs> I don't like going, but I go because I feel like I have to. And that's the only time I ever like break out my business cards. Oh, yeah. And then you get contacted by like 15 people and you're like, mm, maybe I shouldn't have given out any business cards. Maybe I shouldn't Actually, have. Actually, the last time I got nothing. Really? I got nothing. Oh, that's even yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah. It just is proof that meditation and networking groups are not like a good fit. <laughs> yeah. You have to like start calling yourself something really obscure and fancy and then people will be like, huh. <laughs> well, it's just like, you're not going to, you know, the purpose of those is to be like, oh, hey, Sarah, like we need a graphic designer and know somebody. They're great. Um, me, me being a meditation teacher, that's like, Hey, Sarah, maybe you like you seem a little stressed out. Like maybe you should go see a therapist. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's what it feels like anyway. Yeah. 
So we have a really great, exciting business owner on today. I'm, I'm like really excited to interview her. Um, she's had such a crazy journey and a lot of um, her work has, lines up with stuff that I have done in the past as a nutritionist and teaching meditation. So I'm just really pumped to have her on. Yeah, it's I was reading her responses, which she wrote in. And how do you know her? Nikki. She's in this coaching group that I'm in. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, I know one of the things that she said, of course, that piqued my interest was just like using fitness and eating right as kind of a way to de-stress, which I completely agree with. I think the mental benefits of fitness, at least even for me, it just is more helpful to focus on that versus the physique benefits, you know? Yeah. So, yay. Cool. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Nikki Harden is a professional psychic medium, spiritual transformational coach and leader, and the formulator of 21 Cleanse. She holds a master's in spiritual psychology and helps spiritual businesswomen get unstuck and develop the confidence, the discipline, and the infrastructure to succeed in their own business without working 24-7 or sacrificing their own self-care. This way they have more balance, the time and money to do what they want, and the freedom to create life on their terms. Oh, and hey, Nikki's all about fun. Let's do this. Like a business meeting. <laughs> right. It's got to be a no compromise. I mean, I just, I don't know. How long have you been an entrepreneur? Since like 2015. And I do schedule stuff. Like it's, you know, I mostly workout stuff, you know, obviously I'm a personal trainer. So it's like, okay. I schedule my workouts and I schedule stuff like that. Or even like I take Muay Thai and, you know, but even that kind of stuff, I'm like, okay, those are all active things. Like I need a little diversify. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, there's a slippery slope here because like, that's like, those are the things that you're doing to take care of yourself not to bring like joy and like space in your mind and do you know what i'm saying like there's a really big difference between going out dancing and listening to music and completely completely letting go or doing like a beach day or something like that rather than okay i'm gonna go get this workout on yeah I don't know. Anyways, that's just what I think. But, yeah. I yeah. To an extent. No, to an extent. Like, yeah. So, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we just dove right in. Um, so uh, I did start recording because it was too good. I had to capture that. So great. Oh, Hi, welcome. We dove right in and that was like just awesome. So thank you for letting me capture that. <laughs> sure. I'm all about spontaneity. <laughs> so why don't you tell us, um, you've been in the health and wellness arena for like a decade. Um, why don't you tell us just first a little bit about your story and your journey? Because um, you've, you've had quite the ride. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I would even say like more than a decade, but I've been a, a solopreneur for about a decade, right? So um, my health 
journey really started at 15 and I'm 42 now. And I just, I was like a three sport, high performance athlete, overachiever in every sense of the word. And I started learning about eating healthy and how that could activate my performance. Right. And then that became kind of like a through line through my life. And of course, along the way, then everyone started asking me like health advice. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, at the age of 21, I started my yoga practice and really started getting into like personal development because I didn't know how to deal with uh, the pressure that I was putting on myself is <laughs> a good way to say it. Um, and that became a through line. And all through my 20s, I was always, um, it was yoga, um, nutrition, mindfulness, personal development, and peppered in with some things like going to fashion design school because <laughs> they're totally <laughs> anonymous. Um, and then at 29, I had the experience of my mom having a brain aneurysm and going into and a major stroke and went from laughter to basically, um, you know, a coma, right? And mm -hmm. And within 36 hours was pronounced brain dead. And it was right around Christmas. So it's just a, like a very sensitive time. I mean, anytime you do that, right? But she was like all about Christmas. And it was like really her holiday. And so I got the call and I flew out. I took the red eye. And she, you know, she was, um, I had those like I have two older brothers and she had a husband at the time and we had about 36 hours where she, you know, she was on the machines and everything. And then they pronounced her brain dead. And that experience, uh, kind of, I would say it like pushed me over the edge. I don't know how else to say it. And it was the first time that I was really faced with the ultimate truth. And that truth is that we are not in control. Mm. I believe we have control of our choices and we have control of like choosing how we're going to direct our energy. But at the end of the day, it was like, there was nothing I could do to get my mom back. Right. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that really rocked my world. And as a result, I went to like very dark depression. I know this is a long story, but it's all like a through line because I didn't, I didn't function for six months. And, and I mean, I literally like maybe left the house a few times, right? It just didn't work. Didn't do anything because I was really angry. And that space gave me for the first time, rather than pushing, 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 driving forward, keeping going. I, I took a pause and I saw all the unconscious, unprocessed thoughts, emotions, misbeliefs, all of the things that were existing in my metaphysical world that were, that were driving my actions and that were actually defeating where it was I wanted to go. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And, um, Everyone wanted me to go on meds and I refused. And I said, oh, I'm going to figure this out. So I ended up selling everything I owned. I got a one-way ticket to India and um, 
and I didn't, I said, I'm going to dive into my yoga practice. I'm going to find my meditation teacher and I'm going to do this work. I'm going to figure this out because there's something deeper here for me to, to really work through. And so, so I did. And, um, that's in and of it. I'm, I'm polishing my memoir right now, which will be, which will be going live in about six months. And it's this, it's an incredible story all about my experience in India, but basically I ended up six days a week on the mat doing Ashtanga. I found a direct um, disciple of the Maharishi and started doing um, transcendental meditation twice a week. And those two things just absolutely were game changers for me. In addition to some other like uh, tools that I was integrating and working with. And, but I always, I had this feeling that there was, um, sorry, I can't stop the birds in the background. I live on Maui. Hey girl, you're in, you're in Maui. Like I'm just dreaming. You're making me feel like I'm there with you. come every morning. They're like, by the way, we love you. Get out of your head. We've got your back. Just relax. Um. So, so I, you know, I mean, you, uh, teach meditation and we, we practice the same thing. So we speak the same language and, and I mean, TM took me between breath and, and the mantra based meditation, my whole world transformed. Yeah. In a very Mm -hmm. short period of time. And, but beyond that, I, I still felt that there was a heaviness that was, it was like a denseness in my cells, right? And I, I didn't know what to do. And of course, I wanted, I wanted something faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't we all? Yes. So, um, so I decided to take the big leap and I did a Panchakarma and I checked myself into a non-English speaking ashram medical center and I went for it. And that Panchakarma, I never could have, I mean, all of this has just completely directed my life and where I am today. Can you just, like, I know what Panchakarma is, but can you just explain a little bit um, to people who might not know? For sure. So Panchakarma is the Ayurvedic system for cleansing the body is kind of like the, the basic way to say it. So Ayurveda is like the science of life. And the Panchakarma is the detox sort of protocol system that um, the the medical side of Ayurvedic or the health side of Ayurveda has created. And it integrates specific Ayurvedic foods with specific herbs and then um, uh, different sort of practices. So you've got uh, daily herbal concoctions that you're taking your, I was doing daily steams, right. To get the toxins out of the tissues. And I was doing uh, bastis, which are colonics and shirodaras, which are the most incredible um, forehead drip. They take, I mean, you just can't even imagine you're, you have curd like swimming all in your eyes and this beautiful warm milk being dripped across your forehead and it takes you places you never could imagine. And it's <laughs> so funny. And you get daily massages too. You have like two people every day, like, 
and they've got this art. And oh, so they- I've had one of those massages. They're insanely intense. Oh, it's <laughs> so powerful. So, so here I am in this ashram and I've completely surrendered control of everything. I mean, I think like, you know, people have, what can they control in their lives? A lot of people get hung up around their fitness and their food because they feel they can control that. Right. Mm-hmm. And here I am in this ashram. I have to sit in a room. I'm not, I can't exercise and they don't even want me to have sun. And, and they bring me whatever they bring me whenever they bring it to me. And I'm like, well, this is the ultimate surrender. Oh so, yeah. yeah. A few days in, to it, I picked up an Ayurvedic science book and I read it like I had been studying it for 10 years. I remembered the Sanskrit words. I remembered everything. My brain really tapped into the, like, call it photographic memory or call it my soul remembering what it already knew. And it just all made sense to me. And I was super intoxicated. I would like make appointments with the doctors because I had to talk about what was happening. Like, how could I know this? And they wouldn't believe me. They're like, you've been studying this for a decade. I'm like, no, I just read it. (laughs) And so I, I woke up to the potential of like my brain. Right. A few days later, I, I had uh, the experience of like, like 12 pounds had fallen off my body in about six days. And I was eating more than anyone else in the facility. So like my cells just like let go of all this stuff. Right. And so they sent me home early. And a few days later, I woke up and I literally, I watched my cells vibrate and release all of this mental and emotional and it just (laughs) and it was like the the energetic field the vibration of what was trapped in my cells in my dna in my consciousness just completely left my system and of course what happened with that was then i ran to the bathroom and it left my physical body right yeah and I, on the other side of that was like this freedom and limitlessness that I'd always heard of or read about, but had never experienced. And it, it was an empowerment. Like I could not, I could, I can't describe it. It was unlimited energy. It was absolute clarity in the direction of my life. It was connection with other realms it was psychic my psychic abilities went through like quantum and i would manifest things i went into this period of like my life where i would just manifest things almost in real time and i was so hooked i was like what is going on (laughs) you know (laughs) Well, it's like a huge shift. And how does your, how does your, you know, egos keep up with that? It's like, whoa, yeah, I'm in a car and the car is moving. Okay. Yeah. And who am I and what's going on? And like, who are these other voices? And like, how am I like thinking of someone on the other side of the world? And I sit down to my email and they've sent me an email or how do I go? I mean, I went, I would literally think something like, 
I ended up going on this journey around the world where I was like, okay, now I'm going to move to Thailand and I'm going to teach yoga on this island that I've never been on. And so I would buy a ticket to Thailand and I would go where I needed to go and I would like sit down to get something to eat and the woman next to me would start talking and she's like, oh, where are you staying? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't figured it out. She's like, oh, let me take you around. I just finished my yoga. <laughs> Your training you're doing ashtanga that's amazing da, 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 da. and then on the way over to look for a place to stay she te we we bump into a guy named scratch because that's who lives in you know scratch of course in <laughs> and, and he's like oh yeah nikki's the yoga teacher and he goes oh you don't say he goes i manage the platform up on the hill and and i've been meaning i need to start a yoga class up there if you want to teach, find me. Let's get you going. Oh I mean, it, it Just was like literally like uh, I, I manifested uh, volunteering two months in Nepal, um, going to Bali. I mean, just every like I would just think and it would and then I could just go do it. Um, so that's a little bit fast forwarding for how that all happened. And um, but before I left India, because I was so intoxicated by this Ayurvedic Panchakarma experience, I ended up studying one-on-one -on -one at, a, at a healing clinic with an eighth generation practitioner and his team. And, and I got to basically, um, you know, be their shadow for about, you know, a couple months and walk around with them and see how they were helping all of all of the patients that were coming to them that were extremely sick and and I got to learn about the punch karma and the food and and the timing and all of that right so it was like this whole mind blowing life altering experience that led me to um, moving to Thailand and managing detox programs at cleansing and fasting resorts in Thailand. Um, where then I was learning about herbs and liquids and helping people do all of, you know, the detox. And do we do candida detox? Do we do, are we focused only on the liver? Are you doing a three or a seven or a 14? And what else are we integrating? And, and um, in that process, what became aware to me is that people didn't have knowledge of nutrition uh, because when they weren't in the process of detoxing, they were constantly picking my brain about what do I eat? How do I make these changes in my life? I don't want to go home and repeat these patterns. Yeah. So that planted the seed for me. Like I got to create, like people need something like this in their day-to-day -day life. Like not everyone has 10 grand and two weeks to fly across the world to the most beautiful place to sit in healing crisis because they're trying to unravel the damage that they've done. Mm, right yeah so that was like the seed planting and then i ended up going back to la i um was managing a metabolic testing lab and under a brilliant neuroscientist and everything that we did it would always start with well you've got to start by detoxing the body because you cannot heal a congested system yeah. There's no room for it to heal. So you've got to get the toxicity out and then you've got to get the major organs functioning again. What are those organs? The liver and the colon. 
So I was like, now I had the art and the science of detox, right? And uh, from there, life took it. It's, you know, boom, 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 moved on. And I ended up formulating, I was teaching transformational workshops, meditation, yoga, nutrition, detox. And people said, put us on something. And I said, I can't, there's nothing on the market that I believe in. And they said, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm kind of creating my own thing. They said, well, create something for us. So I got really upset. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I was in resistance, right? I didn't want to deal with that. (laughs) And, um, and then I did, you know, I just answered the call and I really, I really believe, and I know in my heart that if we're listening, we're always being prompted into what's next for us, but the mind gets in the way, right? And so here it was, they were asking and they were, it was like, all I had to do was say yes. And I was going further on my path, my highest path, right? Yeah. So I ended up formulating, um, therapeutic grade organic herbal liver and colon tonics and putting together um, transformational full body detox kits. My signature program is 21 days. It also brings in, um, you know, very, very high, high vibrational um, bentonite and psyllium and a food grade um, herb based multivitamin and organic chlorella and a plant-based food program all built. So I created the system essentially, right? Like my version of the Panchakarma and the, the fasting detox merged and married into a lifestyle program that can help people detox their body. So they get that quick, like reset and upliftment into more energy, like, like unreal clarity. Dallas has done um, my detox and in, in less than eight days, she had a, like the idea for a new program, created all the content for the program, created all the marketing for the program, launched the program, sold it out all in less than eight days. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> That's incredible. And the life force that you get on this program is really next level. And then built into it is a full organic plant-based food program. So not only do you fully detox your body, but you learn how to clean up your food. So you're eating the best way that you possibly can. Um, And then you're not only learning that, but you're integrating those new habits into your lifestyle. So you're in the routine of this new way of being, right? Yeah. That's the hardest thing for for people is that new routine, getting it started because everybody wants things to just be so easy. But sometimes when you're starting something new and making a shift, like you just have to give it that time and attention for a couple weeks until it then becomes easy. And that's just it, you know, and it's, there's, I've learned so, I've learned so much through this process, you know, because we're, I'm like eight years in now um, of having, this company because i kind of i have another company because this is like evolved into something more and um you know it's the in order for for a lot of people they just they overwhelm their system or they don't set themselves up for success right because we weren't really taught much about how to create goals so that we can win 
And what most people are doing is they're, they're like way over extending themselves. So they set themselves up for failure, right? Where yeah. it's kind of like, like, here's the easiest way for me to say it. If I look at someone and I say, you can't have your coffee, your wine, or your chocolate ever again. They're like, screw you. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I used to tell my clients, like, you can have the appetizer, the bread basket, or the dessert. Like, you just can't have all three. <laughs> and, but if you just say, okay, wait, hold on. Just try it for three weeks. You don't have to do this your whole life. Just for, for three weeks, commit to just letting that go and seeing what life is like without it. And then after that, then you decide what you want to do. Yeah, oh, it's very yeah. Ayurvedic. Like in Ayurveda, one of the big principles is moving towards what you want rather than away yeah. from what you don't want. And when you move towards what you want, which is a healthier, cleaner body, like anything that's no longer relevant will fall away. Yep, exactly. And so... You know, it's so much easier to wrap your head around that. And so it's, it's, it's like a process, you know, and the thing is we're human. So naturally, if that's a part of your daily ritual, right? All of those three things, because those are like, those are like the biggest things I see with women, the coffee, the wine, and the chocolate, they can let go of the meat. They can do that. The men, they resist to the meat. But the women <laughs> so true. <laughs> so resistant of of the wine and the coffee. Um and so you know it's natural that then after they're gonna feel so good, they're not gonna want it. And they're gonna be in this really good routine, and then they're gonna go to this happy hour with their girlfriends, and they're gonna think, oh, I'm just gonna have a glass of wine. You know, and then, da, da, da. and so then the glass of wine ends up two glasses of wine the next week. And then, oh my gosh, I'm getting back into that pattern. And then they just, about that time, it's time to detox again, right? Like it's like six months down the road. And it's a time that we should all be detoxing right now with the amount of, of nutritional and environmental pollution in our world. If people are smart, they will de- they'll be detoxing their body with herbs because herbs are what take the toxins out and repair the damage um, at least twice a year. Yeah. Because these things are out of your control. They've changed organic standards so that, um, you know, people are still getting, they're getting way more chemicals than they think. And a lot of times organic foods, when they are brought into like when they're shipped and they like land at a loading dock, they'll then fumigate all of it so that it stays looking nicer longer. People don't know that. Mm -hmm. And it's organic 100%, right? Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's a really, really special process. And then, so that's been going and we're, I don't know, I'm like 1200, people are so in here and we're still cranking and um and then in that process kind of two things happened when i started my business you know i was a solo entrepreneur that needed startup capital 
and I had to buy product inventory and I didn't have a mentor or anyone like I didn't know how to run a product based business. Right. Yeah. So I cashed in all of my, um, all of like anything I had in stocks and things like that. And I used that as seed money and I lived off of it and, and I was white knuckling. I was so scared, you know, (laughs) and and I had this new product. I mean, I'd already been sharing it before I, I did all of this. And I mean, we're I've had Hashimoto's reverse in by day 12. I've had ulcerative colitis reverse. I've had people come off of um, pharmaceutical medications. We've had, I've had abnormal pap smears reverse. Um, I mean, just, I could just go tell you all of these like miraculous healing experiences which are what has been, what has kept me going. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, obviously I'm meant to be doing this spirit because you keep showing me this. And so what I also realized in all of that was that when, when people would go through these processes, it would bring up a lot of their unresolved mental, emotional, spiritual curriculum, you know, the upsets, the anger, the the belief systems that weren't working for them and they they didn't know how to work with it um and so i started doing coaching and helping people through that and i i went and i got a master's in spiritual psychology and and it's really um about utilizing the tools and the practices of spiritual psychology where we look at the human experience as an opportunity to um, heal, right? Like we're you, we're spirit utilizing a human experience to return to the truth of who we are, which is our loving and love, rather than being the the lens and the paradigm that most people see, which is you're a human and you have this soul and a spirit and you have thoughts and you have emotions and they all define you. And so I got the, I got my master's in spiritual psychology and here I am, you know, in a start, like first two years of a startup and in, and in like, and getting a master's degree, like no big deal. (laughs) I'm like, okay, go big or go home. Why not? But I did that. I did that. Like I I've really learned through all of this. And if I could share anything for your audience is become your own best friend and get to know your consciousness and your strengths and your weaknesses and embrace it all. And then learn how to set yourself up for success. Right. Can I ask, um, how do you feel your past as an athlete has influenced how you you can commit so fully and how you look at the challenges of business as how I'm setting myself up for success. Like, how do I win? Because that those two, like, your past as an athlete and that mindset to me are very much, um, like, related. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for asking. Um, so, so I will actually go a step almost what I would say is below that um, and just share a little, a little vulnerable sharing here. Um, so the material that I really got to work with is 
uh, choosing a spiritual curriculum of being born into a family situation where my father was a meth addict and violent and abusive in every sense of the word. And, um, and then growing up in, in basically poverty in very low income environments, and then eventually being um, raised by a single mom in low income circumstances. And through all of that foundational experience, what it what became very clear to me, there's there's a few things that 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 I've learned or become aware of through this. And so this is a lot of the healing that that I've gotten to do, which is miraculous. So the first thing I would say is that that curriculum, what I did when I was younger is I, I somehow had the foresight. I had to become reliant upon a greater energy than myself. So like, I, be, I started talking to God and angels when I was really, really young because that was the, it was like my only source of, of stability or happiness or joy, if that makes any kind of sense to you, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Security, right. So like if you're hiding under a bed and you hear your father beating your mother out in the kitchen, all I knew how to do was pray. Right. So I would go and I'd hide under the bed and I would just pray and I would pray for angels and God and someone to help my mother. Right. And just that, that sense of leaning into something else really, um, I believe, and really set up the foundation for me trusting and knowing that there are greater forces at work on our planet than us. And that there was a different experience available for not only me, but for everyone because I was surrounded by pain and that I didn't have to live like that because there was this experience of light, of happiness, Mm. of ease, of joy, of trust that was available. That's one thing. The, the second thing, and then I'll tell you the third thing. The second part of it was it really attuned me to my senses and it prepped me for becoming, you know, for basically heightening my, my psychic abilities and my intuitive abilities. And I had, I just had to be so tuned in to what was happening physically and metaphysically in my environment in order to survive. So I began to be able to read energy, predict people's behavior. I knew things before they would happen. I was actually shown things before they would happen so that I could change my circumstances. Um, Because I had to learn how to put out a fire before a fire started. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, and I mean, I used to be able to, know things about people and read their minds and things like that. And it would freak people out. They didn't know what to do with it. So I kind of just like kept it to myself. Right. So there, so that was also the breeding ground for really honing in my psychic abilities, because when I'm working with spirit, it's all about using my senses, listening, feeling, 
intuiting, seeing, and you know, that's how they bring the messages in. So it was, it's the environment. And then the third thing is I saw very clearly the path that awaited me if I didn't take what I believed at the time was control of my future. Mm, yeah. So I learned that's how I got such a high work ethic. I said, I'm going to be the best and I'm going to make my own way. And I had a job from the time I was seven years old. I used to pound the pavement. I walked every neighbor's dogs. I watered their yards. I picked their weeds. I took care of their plants. I babysat. I did everything because I wanted money. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I wanted all the cute clothes like everybody else did. And nobody else was going to buy them for me. And... I, I just decided I was going to be the best at everything because I had to get a full ride scholarship so that I could go to school and make something of my life and not live in those circumstances. Yeah. Wow. So that's how that all got. And you know, by the great, so the two, so amazing because I developed this work ethic, number one, self-reliance like a mofo. Which, as, as an entrepreneur, if you don't have self-reliance, oh boy, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> yeah, we're not even, yeah. Oh, man. Right? You yeah. have to. And that's, and that's how, like, why I just say, if you're going to become self-reliant, you got to see where you slip. Okay? So you're not, the those little squeaks in your consciousness that want to draw you into the hiding rather than take you forward towards your goal. And so that's, that's all part of the training, right? It's all, it's all part of it. And, and the great thing about, and if we go to your sports about athletics, what you really, what I learned through athletics was, was like, you show up, you show up and you work and you work, I don't use, I don't like to use this anymore. Like the work hard thing, you know, we were trained with that. And I don't think mm -hmm. that's necessary. I think that that comes with this experience of what our um, society is dealing with in terms of uh, health challenges and stress and anger. I believe that what it is, is I believe that there's an opportunity to be consistent in your actions and come from a place of inspiration and enjoyment rather than perspiration. Ooh, I like yeah. that. Right. And, and that's, a, that's a really, it's, it's the same exact thing, but are you showing up that day? Like I got it. I, it's me against the world. I got to go for it. Da -da 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 -da. Are you, or are you showing up today? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I get to help these people. I get to write this blog. I get to do this podcast. I can't wait to send it out. I hope it helps people. And then I'm going to go get a great workout in, go for a swim in the ocean, and take time. You know what I mean? Or is it all work? How are you looking at it? Yeah, it is. It's, it is deeply ingrained in our society that, like, that work hard and, like, let me, um, commiserate with you about how stressed out I am. And then the stress becomes the competition the contest, rather yeah. than, yeah. Yeah. It's, it on there's, definite 
literally like a earn your worthiness, right? Mm-hmm. Like who's busier because whoever's busier is more important. Yeah, it's so corporate. <laughs> it's like ingrained <laughs> in us from the time we're like children up through if you have a quote unquote real job and it's, yeah, it just gets ingrained in you. It's hard to shed that. Oh, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it's a never ending process, but I want to just, so part of, not only did I go back to, um, to grad school, did I get my master's in spiritual psychology for, um, so that I could help people. I was already doing the coaching, but I wanted to take it to the next level, if that makes sense. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. Because it was really about helping people learn how to be true to themselves and set themselves up for success. And simultaneously, I needed something to keep me um, committed to where I was so that I wouldn't just bail and go travel and go do something um, like I had been doing so well if that makes sense. Yeah. Something to keep you kind of rooted. I needed something to keep me rooted and keep me committed because not only was I able to utilize these tools to help people like feel safe in their skin and put themselves first and, you know, work through their self doubt and, and, and heal trauma and all of that stuff. But I needed something so that I would stay rooted, grounded, committed. And because it's hard, I mean, the it's, and it's not hard. I guess I would say it's, it's complex, right? Here I was dealing with a uh, supplement product that's regulated by the FDA, utilizing like what I had in my savings to live off of, to pay for product living, and uh, now grad school, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, so so it was a, a double whammy, and and you know that's like, but I just stayed committed, and I just kept trusting, and I just kept, I just kept, I knew that, that I was on the right path, and and that I had to do, I had to work through what was it that was, um wanted to jump, wanted to run, wanted to go do something that felt carefree, you know, rather than be, be here and, and do the deeper inner work. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a big, I mean, you know, you get it right. Like having, when you take that leap and you do your own thing, it's, it, it will test you in ways you never could have predicted. Oh yeah. And then where you, it's almost like your business becomes a mirror for where you are in your own growth and development. Like it is, where are like, you showing up? Oh, yeah. Like owning a business is like just personal development on crack. Like it's just like, so I feel like I've learned more about myself just in the past and just knowledge in general in the past five years than I learned in the first, you know, 30. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because um, one of our mentors, she says, she said, I felt like 
um, you know, being an entrepreneur, I, I say being an entrepreneur is like getting a master's in personal development. And then I thought that was a real thing. And then I had a child and that's like getting a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure that's the curriculum I want to sign up for. <laughs> <laughs> an incredible journey and then the coaching came into um i started you know kind of behind the scenes doing psychic work and uh you know channeling for people and and people that knew me they would be like she's psychic you know there's kind of this like thing where they say uh a lot of psychics or mediums or things like that they quote come out of the closet that they <laughs> talk to other realms, you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't come out quote with, with that for so long because I was really, um, I was really concerned about how I'd be perceived. I was too concerned, right? It was easier for me to stand in this health entrepreneur that formulated products than it was for me to stand in spiritual entrepreneur that does psychic and mediumship work, spiritual transformational coaching for spiritual business women to help them get out of their own way so they can do their own thing and do anything they put their mind to. And, and formulator of a therapeutic grade organic herbal detox system. You know, so I got to work through whatever that was, like being worried about what people, people, how I was going to be perceived when I came out, right? Oh, and yeah. I just, yeah, you're not the first person I've heard that from. Yeah, you know, you just, I just let it all go. And people have said, like, I really admire that you put all of it on your website, you know, like you, you're putting that you, you know, talk to dead people. And that you like have a science background and you formulate products. Like that's <laughs> pretty miraculous, you know? So, so yeah. And uh, if we're going, I have where I am now, cause I know you were asking like how it all kind of came such a good story. My vision has always been to open um, retreat centers and to take people through transformational experiences that are mind, body, spirit, lifestyle. And I believe it will be mind, body, spirit, lifestyle, finance, financial. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And where they're coming to my center and, you know, we're layering in, we're doing the detox if they want it. We're eating plant-based foods. We're breathing and exercising, teaching them TM or Vedic meditation, right? Um, and then doing, working the tools for, how do you work with these unprocessed emotions that are driving your actions and, and keeping you from making the choices that you wanna make that take you towards your goals? How do you retrain, how do you heighten your awareness of your belief system and then rewrite your beliefs and then match that with actions, right? how do you process the traumas that are going to come up 
as you start to do this work. So this is a lot of the stuff that I'm doing one-on-one -on -one in my coaching practice right now. And I'm going to, I'm bringing it into retreat structure. And I, I thought I was moving to Oahu until I got a direct command from God in my meditation practice at an, at like the final week of my advanced spiritual psychology certification program. <laughs> and it said, it said Maui. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it and nice it was, to be rendered choiceless? <laughs> Seriously. And it was so powerful. It knocked me straight off my meditation cushion. I'd never had that experience before. Wow. Yeah. And I just looked up at the voice and I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> One less choice for me. Yay. <laughs> so. So yeah, it's been, um, you know, that happened, that all happened in, uh, September, 2018. Uh, and by November, I spent the month of November here and in Oahu and it was clear it was Maui and I was back and forth from uh, the mainland. I did 28 flights in 10 months. Oh, oh wow. I, yeah. <laughs> Because I was also, I did ozone certification. Um, I was at some ozone conferences because I do some ozone therapies. Um, and I had some speaking events where I was teaching on stages. And then I was coming over here to get my place and get set up. So, so it's been this whole journey. And fast forward all these years, and I'll tell you, like, you know, when you're on your path, you're going to be brought the opportunity to let go of things that will impede you from your highest growth. Mm. And that's not always the easiest, right? Um, and so it's just been an, a very interesting journey. And and I'm here full time on Maui now, eight months, and have not even looking back, prepping to um, public my memoir. We're in the final phases of the editing, which has been birthing for 12 years, and it's it's just like I'm starting to uh, research different retreat centers, and I anticipate the first retreat on Maui uh coming around June 2021. Cool. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh I know. <laughs> Can we touch just briefly on the idea of play? Uh I know we kind of started there. Um yes. but just very briefly, can we just dive into this cuz that that when, you know, we were getting to know you is also a big part of how you work as an entrepreneur and stay balanced. Yes. Okay. I will tell you, I, I cannot, I think play is the most powerful tool we have because when you're playing, you're in joy, you're in joy. And when you're in joy, you matter. Like I, so joy is such a high high state 
of being that it has a capacity to um, dismantle lower vibrational energies. Okay. It like loosens the field of it. So if you're dealing with grief, if you're dealing with upset or anger or any of it, and you, you can't seem to move it, get into joy, whatever it takes and find those things that bring you joy. And by the way, that joy, that joy is not about going and meeting a friend for coffee or tea and talking story the whole time about what is wrong. Yeah. Okay. That is just reinforcing. It's bringing that energetic pattern back into your consciousness and cementing it more and more into your field. You want to get into joy, whether it like for me, I always go, I know what brings me joy. I can go out on a paddleboard and I'm like on the water. I'm not on land. I'm surrounded by beautiful, clear blue oceans. I can jump in the water and I'm like the massive vastness of it all. See beautiful fish. And it, it, it just takes my mind to this other place. And oh my gosh, this, it's like you wake up, you breathe, right? That's joy. I can go dancing and feel the music and just let the music work its way through my body and let go and not care what anybody thinks and laugh and, and play. And that, you know, for some, maybe it's going into the woods and going and, and breathing and hiking and, and, or bathing in a, like an ice cold thing, whatever, or get your girlfriends together. You know, we did a clothing swap at my place here on Maui a couple of weeks ago. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. I never could have, like, I forgot how fun it was. And we were so girly and there was music and dancing and fun and joy. And we were all lifting each other up and we were dressing up. So it's like, you got to find those things that, that light you up and you've got to do them. Not like every quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you don't, you don't want us to burn out ourselves out and then have to like <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> no. I'm talking like, if you can, as much as possible, weekly, if not bi-weekly, and then find maybe the, the smaller, like some things, you know, they take more time, right? Like if I'm going to go out on the water paddleboarding, that's like a three to three and a half, maybe four hour thing. I don't always have four hours. So I got to make four hours. I have four hours. We all have four hours, but I got to create that four hours. Mm -hmm. So you, if I create that four hours, that four hours is like a 40 hour work week because mm -hmm. it clears so much energy in my consciousness and in my body that it catapults me into whatever it is I need to deal with. And any of that, blah, blah, blah around the stress or the heaviness or the fear around how's it's going to, it's, it's okay because it's not even in my consciousness. Yeah. Just like that, that physical, emotional, and mental reset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where you just let it go. And if it's, you know, I'm, 
I love going and having dinner with my girlfriends, but being in dinner is not being in story. Mm. No. You know, if we, and I'll tell you, like, I'm a good friend. If you need something, if you need to talk through something, I will be there for you. And that's not my, that's not in the joy in the play. It's different. Yeah, it is. Right. Very different. So, so yeah, I just, because I, this is so important to me, like, or meeting, it's not important to me. It's important to me to share to you guys and to the audience, especially the women, because Mm -hmm. I probably 1000 out of 1200 of my detoxers are women Mm. and they come to exhausted, drained, depleted, burnt out, adrenal fatigue, adrenal failure, liver, not working, gut, not happening. Because they don't take time. They keep pushing and they've, they've not learned that by the way, going to your meditation cushion, that's not joy. That's, that's like working your spiritual practice, going to your Muay Thai class. You're still working, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's interesting. Cause I'm like trying to think, I think it's more, um, like how you were saying it's work for me. Yeah. The gym is work. The gym is taking care of myself. I think in Muay Thai, like I'm actually going to start going twice a week because it does bring me joy. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's very, and I think there's a few reasons for that. It's just meeting new people. I feel like I have more of a community because I started doing group classes and just to meet people outside of my entrepreneurial realm has been really cool. And, um, yeah, it makes me focus in a different way and it takes my mind away. So yeah, I love it. Um, but I will say like how you said in the beginning, working out is is a way, yes, it de-stresses me, but yeah, that is work. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like if that's, you know, you, you, you find those things that are joy and you're not doing it for like the maintenance yeah. or for the, you know, you're like a lot of people will work out because they gotta get after it you know oh absolutely you're just doing it because it's literally so fun Mm -hmm. i love it and that just Mm -hmm. has a way of of it it's like it's almost like it retrains you how to remember how to breathe (laughs) yeah and to tap into the like just think of how when you're a kid, you know, playing pretend and all of those things that you do, you have all of these ideas and all of this inspiration and it just comes so naturally and tapping into that joy brings that same energy of inspiration, upliftment, laughing. We don't laugh enough. Yeah. <laughs> Although Sarah and I sometimes joke we spend most of this podcast just laughing at each other. So we hope, we just hope everyone thinks we're just as hilarious as we think each other. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I one thing so I good. one thing I noticed, because Kelsey knows this, like I took a four and a half month hiatus from drinking, and it's you do end up laughing more and just you end up finding joy in like unexpected places is something I noticed where everything just feels so much lighter. So how you were saying before, part of your detox involves no booze. And I think everyone should take 
a break, like a substantial break. And it doesn't mean you need to take a break forever, but it, I think it just, it opens your eyes more in my opinion. I don't know if you agree with that, but. Yeah, it's, you know, so alcohol has a way of creating a fog mm-hmm. in not only the brain, but the energetic system. And it's, there's a heaviness, right? Mm-hmm. So it it's, yeah, it's no joke. And I don't, again, I, like personally, I don't drink. Mm-hmm. I, when I moved to India, my, my, higher self just decided that alcohol was not in our, our lens anymore. Right. So no judgment. It was literally just a, I'll never forget the day where I was at a a mix, a a bar, a very fancy bar in Melbourne on new year's Eve or close to new year's Eve and ordered this fancy cocktail with my friend. And, um, I took one drink and I just, I put my hand on the bottom of the glass. I slid it over to him and I said, I'm done. Um, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it just, there's a, there's a weight, there's a fog, there's a Marine layer that come into the energetic bodies with alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that, that essentially is going to keep you from your true nature and your true nature is the pure essence of joy, of love, of like infinite energy and potential. So you get the brain fog, you get the heaviness. Um, many people kind of have, there's a little bit of like, oh, mild sort of depression or apathy that can come sometimes when, you know, when you're recovering from the the alcohol mm-hmm. in whatever format, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, oh yeah. So if your body isn't in that repair mode, repair mode, repair mode, it's natural state is joy. So yeah, it's, I love that you picked up on that. Oh yeah. I mean, even just for, anxiety. I mean, that was actually a big reason. I was like, you know what, like, even if I would have a drink, or maybe like a glass of wine, glass and a half of wine, I would wake up at 4am with almost heart palpitations. And it was kind of the same how you said you're done, where I was like, I need to be done right now. And I just like decided that day where I'm like, okay, (laughs) it is, you know, it is. And it was, yeah, it was a great experience. So Mm, yeah, I love that. I love that. Where are you now with it? Uh, I'm moderate. Like I had actually thought about this week because we actually, I actually went out with Kelsey on Saturday (laughs) and we drank. (laughs) So it's, it's interesting. It's the next day or the day it affects me for multiple days. So I know Kelsey, you had said after your birthday, you were thinking about taking like a break and I'm like, huh, I might just do that with you because I don't know how much it really brings to my life anymore. Um, the social aspect or even I, that took a little bit because I do have some social anxiety. And so that was, I think the hardest thing for me in the beginning was I couldn't use it as a crutch anymore to like lubricate the situation. So um, it's nice to know I don't need that anymore. 
Um, right. Yeah, there were just a lot of positive things I recognized from it. Yeah, just more laughter for sure. Oh my God. Like just conversations you remember, um, not feeling like garbage for two days afterwards. Like even just, I think as you get older, it just affects you more for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally, I hear you. I totally hear you on that. And a lot of people, you know, they'll say that like, I'm not 21 anymore. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, It's your body. Like, I feel like your body gives you these signals of like, all right, can we be done with this? Like, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to notice over, you know, as we kind of grow older and do all of those um, become more aware of of what um, cause and effect, I think is a, a good way of saying it, cause and effect, right? So as you become more aware of cause and effect, like you recognize, well, I can either be a victim or I can be empowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all either it's through, you know, the, choices that I make and the thoughts that I'm going to think and the lens through which I'm going to look at the world, how, how I'm going to look at myself, how I'm going to participate in these different experiences in my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can keep, I feel like so many people will make changes. They'll complain, complain, complain. And there's a lot of people who just don't even make a change and they continue complaining But even people who end up making changes in every area of their life, like they'll still alcohol, people are very resistant to, and they'll complain about that, complain, complain, complain. And you've probably noticed it with your clients. Like you said, the wine, the chocolate, you know, the wine, the chocolate and the caffeine. It's like, you can complain about all those things and the side effects of them, but it's so hard to give them up. (laughs) You know, it's, I would say it is until it's until it isn't right and and what i it's it's very interesting because one of the things that's been really cool because i've lived in like seven countries 17 cities i've traveled about 40 countries and i learned something really um like what i felt was important at the age of 19 and it was neuroplasticity and then also how the body can be trained to do whatever you want. The body will follow if you train it, but you have to train it. It's just like you train the mind and you train the body. Everything about your humanness is trainable, right? So if you're someone who lives in pessimism, you could start to train your brain for to see positive things by implementing a gratitude practice, but you have to train it. Right. Yeah. So when I was in, when I was in um, Japan, when I arrived, cause I, I lived over there three different times and I went and I studied abroad when I was 19 and I arrived and I didn't like rice. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, they eat rice at every meal. 
<laughs> you don't have breakfast to a bowl of rice. You know, you have an obento. It is a plate of rice. <laughs> like dinner, there's another bowl of rice. And you don't eat that rice. It's almost like an insult. Yeah, it is. You know, it's it's an insult. And so they're like, like, I mean, my homestay family would be like, Gohan wa? Like, what? Gohan, that's rice. Like, like, why aren't you reading your rice? You know? And I'd be like, it's like 6.30 in the morning. What do you mean? <laughs> and I eat a whole bowl of white, sticky rice. So anyways, you know, I grew up on like fried rice and I didn't even really like that. So <laughs> what was really interesting is when I first arrived, I was like, I can't even stomach this stuff. And what happened was one day, I, I'll like never forget this event. It was about two months into my stay. And I was, I lived, uh, my homestay family was out in the country. So I used to have a, like an hour commute each way to school. I have to like walk to the bus stop through the fields and then catch the bus to the train station and then take the train. And so I was, it was one of these nights and I was coming home really late because something at school and it was like eight, eight o'clock at night. And I was so hungry <laughs> oh, i'm like on this bus and it'd been kind of one of those long commutes you know there had been nowhere i could have stopped to get a snack and i'd probably already had three snacks by this time so i just wanted a meal and i was on that bus and i just my consciousness said oh all i want is a bowl of rice <laughs> yeah it's like so funny how that shifts suddenly and you're like and here we are. <laughs> yeah. and I went, oh my gosh, my body wants rice. And I saw in that moment how it had been trained to crave the rice. Yeah. So that to me was like, oh, all I have to do is train my body to crave whatever it is I want it to crave. And then that means, obviously, as I train it to what I want it to crave, it is untraining what I don't want it to crave, which right. is probably what it is craving. You know, it's so funny when I was in, I completely forgot about this, but when I was in middle school, I loved like chocolate chip cookies. And at a certain yeah. point, I realized that eating so many chocolate chip cookies probably wasn't the best. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so what I'm going to do is if I have a craving for a chocolate chip cookie, I'm going to eat an apple first. And then if I still want the chocolate chip cookie, I can have it, but I just have to have the apple first. And eventually I just stopped eating the cookies because I would start craving apples. So it is like mm -hmm. so funny how intuitively you can like... You crave what you eat. I used to tell my nutrition clients this all the time. You crave what you eat. So if you change what you eat, you're going to crave new things. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's like reformatting your palate. Yep. And I, I tell people that too, actually, through through the detox, in three weeks, your, your palate is completely reformatted. Mm -hmm. Your mind might still think it wants something later. That usually happens later. But during that time, your mind still thinks that it, it starts to want what your body starts to tell you it wants. 
Yeah. So you reformat your palate so that it craves those things that you want it to crave. And then your mind starts to see how much better you feel. So you crave that. And then usually it's like a couple months later that the mind starts to play the trick of like, oh, maybe it'd be really yeah. fun to just do a latte. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right? True. It's, it is. Uh, I feel like we could keep talking all day oh and we've covered <laughs> like so, so much. Um, okay. This has been so much fun. <laughs> yeah. It's totally. incredible journey. And um, you guys listening can find how to find Nikki um, on the show notes in the show notes. We'll have all of her, her information and links and all of that. So Hey, if you want to try a 21 day detox and see how your body changes, like, I mean, shit, I think I'm sold. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Girl, if you're curious, send me a message. I'll, I'll, we'll yeah. do this. Yeah. Cool. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I love Thank it. You so much. That was so much fun. I really do feel like we could talk to Nikki like all day. It was really fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And her was... story is like wild. Yeah. Oh my God. I loved it. I loved it. I have to say too, like the, the way that she speaks and just is so real and like, Hey, I'm just to talk about spirit. I'm going to talk about God. I, I, I just really highly respect that as, as, um, somebody who works in kind of a spiritual industry or what can be perceived as a spiritual industry as well. And just completely naturalizing all of it and making it so comfortable and so clear. Yes. No, I agree. I, I remember one time I had a, on the subject of like her psychic abilities coming out, I had a copywriting client at one point who, you know, she did Reiki. She was like, you know, tiptoeing around that. And so finally, when we started working together, she goes, I want to put it out there that like, I speak with angels. I speak with dead people, like all, all of what Nikki said. And I think there is like a certain absolute bravery surrounding that. And even using language like God, which isn't necessarily mainstream anymore, you know, people tend to get yeah. very put off by that. So I think, there is, yeah, absolutely. Like, there shouldn't be a bravery around that, but there is. And so I totally respect that, that she's putting it all out there. Yeah, me too. And the, um, the detox, I like her idea. We might have to explore this further. I agree. I think that would be, <laughs> I'm already like nervous, <laughs> but I think, it's, I think it's something like I need. I think, yeah, I think that's really... Yeah, because there's so many detoxes out there, but just the way she spoke about hers, I'm like, oh, I'm very intrigued. Yeah. I'm very intrigued. Cool. Sarah, this has been another lovely episode of the Boss Life Balance Podcast. <laughs> yes, it has, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you hear, subscribe, because that's how more people find out about us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how you stay in the loop on all that we've got going on. Yes. Well, right. now it's time for our awkward outro. <laughs> Bye, yeah. guys. We'll okay, see you later. See you later. Catch you on the flip. Oh, God. <laughs> now I'm just doing it on purpose. <laughs> I know. I like it. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This podcast is produced by Sarah Laspis of Muscles and Moxie and Kelsey Mathis of Chem Meditation and Be Done Social. Music by Justin Radke of Justin Radke Music. 
If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Oh, and hit us up on the Insta at The Boss Life Balance. Thanks, and we'll catch you soon.